On today's show, it's Throwback Thursday. We're going to look at three very random Yankee games. There's a reason behind them, and I'll let you know all next on an all-new Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gonsoulias. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else. There's so many podcasting platforms, and they all seem to be popping up every day. You can also watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the thumbs up button to like our videos and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. Before we get into the flashback or the, no, throwback. Flashback would be Friday, throwback is Thursday. I have to mention, because I'm kind of excited about this, my fellow Locked On hosts were showing off where they rank on the chartable charts. For podcasts, you can look at the Apple charts, Spotify, there's other things to do too, but I think some of it you have to pay for or at least sign up for, and I wasn't doing that. Locked on Yankees is in the top 10 of baseball podcasts in Greece, but it's only number nine, which is a slightly disappointing because if you're watching on YouTube and if you listen, you know that my name is Greek. I'm half Greek. Stacy Gotsoulias. And out of the top 10 podcasts in Greece, baseball, I'm the only Greek host. So I don't know if I have to get in touch with my relatives out there in Akaia to listen to my show, but um, I think I should be ranked higher than ninth, but still, I'm in the top 10. That's pretty cool. So thank you to all the Greeks who listen to Locked on Yankees, also a belated Kala Christouyana. Hope you had a healthy Christmas, a nice Christmas. You got all the gifts you needed and wanted. So I planned this episode for two weeks ago. And there's a reason behind two of the games. There's a reason for each. Each game has a reason why I'm talking about them. Now, the first one is a random game from May of 2000. And I believe the reason that I was looking at this game was because it was one of those old, classic Yankee Baltimore games that was really wacky, and there were a bunch of not high-scoring innings. You know, neither team scored eight runs, but there was, an, there was an inning in which the Orioles scored four, an inning in which the Yankees scored four, and we're going to talk about that in a second. So this game is from May 5th, 2000. It's a Friday night game. The Yankees at this point in 2000... Were 19 and 8. The Orioles were 15 and 13. So it's a 705 start, 42,244 at Yankee Stadium 2. 
and let's go through the lineups and all that good stuff because you know I love doing that. Plus, for you guys, if you're younger, this might bring back some good memories. If you're older, it might bring back some good memories also because there are a lot of familiar names and uh, it's fun to look at this stuff. So for the Orioles, Brady Anderson, Delino DeShields, BJ Serhoff, Albert Bell, Harold Baines, Cal Ripken Jr., Jeff Conine, Charles Johnson, Mike Bordick. That takes you back, doesn't it? It takes me back. Scott Erickson started for the Orioles. Now, the Orioles ended up having four other guys come in. It was that kind of game. For the Yankees, Ricky Lede, Derek Jeter, Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams, Tino Martinez, Jorge Posada, Shane Spencer, Scott Brocious, Wilson Delgado playing second that day. And El Duque started the game. Now, the Yankees didn't have as many pitchers as the Orioles, but still four in total. We'll get to that in a moment. And umpires, Jerry Crawford behind the plate, Mike DeMuro at first, Brian Gorman at second, Mike Everett at third. The start time weather, 83 degrees. And now that I'm thinking about it, I actually think I remember that day because it was really hot. And I think I remember what I was wearing to work that day. That's weird. Okay, so <laughs> I swear, sometimes sometimes I can't remember why I walked into the bathroom and other times I remember what I was wearing on a random day in the year 2000. So the top of the first was a 1-2-3 inning for El Duque. Fly ball to right, fly ball to center, ground ball to short. Very nice. Now the Yankees ended up scoring three runs in the bottom of the first. Ricky Lede hit a single, Jeter grounded out, but he made it to first. It was almost a double play. Lede was um, forced out at second. O'Neill hits a single to center. Jeter makes it to third. Bernie Williams hits a double. Jeter scores. O'Neill makes it to third. Tina Martinez hits a ground, ground out to short. O'Neill scores. Bernie makes it to third. Jorge Posada hits a single that scores Bernie Williams. In the top of the second, Cal Ripken Jr. hits a solo shot off El Duque to make it 3-1. In the top of the third, the Orioles tie it. Bordick strikes out. Brady Anderson and Delino DeShields go back-to-back with singles. BJ Serhoff reaches on an E4. Anderson scores. DeShields goes to third. Albert Bell, while he's up, El Duque throws a wild pitch. Delino DeShield scores. Serhoff makes it to second. Albert Bell ends up walking. Harold Baines hits a fly ball. And then Cal Ripken Jr. strikes out swinging. So it's 3-3. It's 3-3 until the bottom of the fourth. Jorge Posada singles. Shane Spencer hits a double. Broschitz hits a single, which scores Posada. Posada's... Posada had to make it to third on that. I mean, obviously, he had to make it to third on that double by Shane Spencer. And um, I'm kind of shocked he did because it was a line drive down the left field line. And you all remember how Jorge Posada ran. He ran like he had a full diaper with a, p- a piano strapped to his back. That's how I always described it. <gasps> so Brocious hits the single that scores Posada. Wilson Delgado hits a sacrifice fly to deep right center, scores Spencer, and the Yankees are up 5-3. Orioles, holy crap, (laughs) 
score four runs in the top of the fifth. There isn't even a break there. They go from the bottom of the fourth where the Yankees pull ahead 5-3. And then the Orioles score on two home runs. B.J. Serhoff hits a home run that scores to Shields because he let off with a single. Albert Bell hits a single, and then Harold Baines hits a home run. So Jason Grimsley has to come in to replace El Duque. He gets Ripken to fly out, Conine to fly out. He walks Charles Johnson, and then he gets Mike Bordick to strike out swinging. The Yankees go down in order in the bottom of the fifth. The Orioles score again in the top of the sixth. B.J. Serhoff, again, this time a double that scores to Shields. Man, those guys were pains in the butt. How did they not win more back then? I remember the Orioles being very annoying. So it's 8-5 at this point. Bottom of the seventh, the Yankees tie the game on a Bernie Williams home run. Three run, home run, Jeter scores, O'Neill scores. Top of the eighth, Mike Stanton gives it right back. <laughs> he replaces Grimsley, gives up a single. Brady Anderson hits a sacrifice bunt that advances Bordick to second. He's the one that hit the single. Delino DeShields, another pain in the butt because he's done nothing but be on base and hit balls all game hits a double score scores Bordick then DeShield steals third Serhoff another pain in the butt hits a sacrifice fly that scores DeShields <laughs> so the Orioles go up 10-8 at this point nothing doing in the bottom of the eighth nothing doing in the top of the ninth bottom of the ninth Mike Timlin comes in gives up a home run to Paul O'Neill Eight pitches in that at-bat. Eight pitches. And it was a 1-2 count. So Paul O'Neill was fouling off ball after ball after ball until he hit a home run to deep right field. Bernie Williams hits a single. B.J. Ryan comes in to replace Mike Timlin. Tino Martinez walks. Clay Bellinger pinch runs for Tino because, like Posada, Tino also ran like he had a full diaper and a piano strapped to his back. And then Jorge Posada, the other one that runs like that, Hit a home run. A three-run home run. And the Yankees win. No. Wait. Yes. That's right. Because the other run scored. That's right. Because I was like, wait a minute. It's not a grand slam? Not a grand slam. Because O'Neal hit the home run to make it 10-9. Yeah. And then Yankees won 12-10. That is some crazy stuff. Yankees and Orioles played really crazy games in the mid to late 90s and into the early 2000s. Look up some of those games. There's a very famous one from 96, I want to say, that the Yankees won in Baltimore. I think Tino had a grand slam in that game. It was crazy. So, yeah. Um, it's funny to look back at games like that. Talk about the guys who were playing. Think of just the guys on the opposing team that you forget about. And then you're like, oh, right, he was on... Because when I think of Jeff Conine, I think of the Marlins, <laughs> you know? Now, B.J. Serhoff, I think of the Orioles. Obviously, Cal Ripken Jr., I think of the Orioles. But, you know, there are some guys where it's like, oh, right, he played for that team? Okay, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. So in a moment, we're going to talk about one of my favorite games of all time. Although my favorite moment from that game didn't happen till the end of the game, but we'll discuss that in a moment. But first, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. 
you know, if you like soccer, basketball, football, we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Now, I hope... <laughs> oh, the Knicks the other night against the Mavericks. How is that possible? In the last 20 seasons, teams have been down by nine with 35 or fewer seconds left. And it was something like they were 0 for 13,000 in oh, eight. Wait, what was it? 0 for 13,884 in the last 20 seasons. And then, of course, the Knicks come along. They've lost four in a row. I wouldn't bet on them right now. Just saying. But head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Really, I did. Any, I mean, did anyone else feel that Knicks loss coming the other? I just felt it. I was like, Ugh. like it's bad when you don't feel comfortable <sighs> with a team having a nine-point lead with that few <laughs> amount of seconds left. But whew, that was bad. <laughs> so okay, let's get into it. Let's fast forward. To the year 2006. This time, the game took place in Detroit. May 31st, 2006. The starting pitcher for the Yankees, Mike Mussina. That should give you a clue as to what happened in this game. <laughs> so let's go through the lineups. Yankees first because they're the road team. Melky Cabrera, Miguel Cairo, Jason Giambi, Alex Rodriguez, Jorge Posada, Robinson Cano, Bernie Williams, Andy Phillips, Terrence Long, and as I said, Moose, starting. For the Tigers, Curtis Granderson, Placido Polanco, wow, that's a blast from the past, Yvonne Rodriguez, Maglio Ordonez, Carlos Guillen, Craig Monroe, Chris Shelton, Marcus Timms, Wow. Brandon Inge. And your starter, Nate Robertson. Those names are bringing back some memories. Hmm. Now, in this game, there weren't as many pitchers. And as I said when I started the segment, going from the date and the starter, you should know why I am talking about this game. Umpires. Ted Barrett at home plate. Laz Diaz at first. Rick Reed at second. Tim Sheeta at third. The attendance was only 23,747. Start time weather, 74 degrees. That's not a bad... Why is it that few people? Is it Maybe it's because it's a Wednesday night and the, the game started at 8.37 and people were thinking, I'm not staying at a baseball game this late, even if it is the Tigers and the Yankees. I don't know. Yankees scored in the first inning... And Nate Robertson got Cabrera and Cairo out. Cabrera hit a ground ball. Cairo struck out swinging. But then Giambi, A-Rod, and Posada went back to back to back with singles. Giambi scored. And then Cano grounded out to end the inning. Moose set down the Tigers in order. 
in the first and in the second. Robertson walked Andy Phillips in the second, but that's all that happened. The Yankees went down in order in the top of the third. Moose gave up two singles in the bottom of the third, but nothing happened there. Robertson set down the Yankees in order in the fourth. Moose set down the Tigers also in the fourth in order. In the top of the fifth, Andy Phillips led off with a single. Terrence Long walked. Melky Cabrera hit a fly ball to right that advanced Phillips to third. Now Cairo hit a pop fly to short right. Second baseman caught it. No one went anywhere. Jason Giambi was hit by a pitch. Long made it to second. And then A-Rod hit a single that scored Andy Phillips. Long made it to third. Giambi made it to second. And then Posada hit a fly ball to end the inning. Moose sets down the Tigers in order in the fifth. Robertson sets down the Yankees in order in the sixth. Moose got himself into and out of trouble a couple of times in this game. In the bottom of the sixth, Brandon Inge and Curtis Granderson went back-to-back with singles. Placido Polanco hit a bunt ground out. Uh, the force out was at third. Granderson made it to second. Polanco made it to first. And then Pudge hit into a ground ball double play. So Moose was able to get himself out of there. Still 2 nothing Yankees. Robertson sets down the Yankees in order in the seventh. Moose does the same in his half of the seventh. And then the top of the eighth, the Yankees score. Jason Giambi hits a ground rule double. A-Rod hits a triple. Obviously, that's going to score Giambi. <laughs> Posada grounds out. Cano hits a fielder's choice to first. That scores A-Rod. It's 4 nothing. Moose sets down the Tigers in the bottom of the eighth. 1-2-3. Top of the ninth, the Yankees score two more runs to make it 6 nothing. Miguel Cairo hits a single that scores Melky Cabrera. And then Giambi hits a double that scores Cairo. And then the bottom of the ninth comes. <laughs> Curtis Granderson lines out to short. Placido Polanco reaches on an E5. Ivan Rodriguez lines out to second. Maglio Ordonez hits a single that scores Polanco to make it 6-1. And Joe Torre comes out of the dugout. Or no, I don't even think he made it out of the dugout. He didn't even make it out of the dugout. He was about to come out of the dugout. And Moose said, no, stay there. Like, it's like, it's 6-1, Joe. Why would you even think about taking this man out of the game? Don't waste the bullpen. It's not like he's going to give up another five runs. Not with the way he's been pitching all night. I remember watching that live and just laughing because, like, what are you doing? So then... <laughs> Moose ends up getting Carlos Guillen to strike out swinging, and the Yankees win 6-1. My favorite part of Moose yelling at Tory, like, get back in there, was Ron Guidry's reaction. He was the pitching coach in 06, and he just started laughing in the dugout. Just, it's one. It's still one of my favorite moments. And I have that, um, I have the GIF, GIF, however you say it on my computer, on my phone. It's one of my favorite Yankee moments in the last 20 years. And it's just so Mike Mussina. And uh, yeah, so that was May 31st, 2006. But honestly, what was Tori doing? Why would you even think about taking this man out? And let me see. I don't even think, I don't even think his pitch count was that high. I mean, it's not like Mike Mussina was throwing like 100 miles an hour. All right. 
He ended up with 101 pitches, but at the point that Tory wanted to take him out, because he gave up that single on a first, it was the first pitch of the at-bat. So he finished with 101, and the, the at-bat to Guillen lasted seven. So he was at 94 pitches. I mean, it's moose. It's not like he throws hard. So... Yeah, that's May 31st, 2006. Now, this next one that we're going to do in segment three is really random, and I'm going to tell you why in a moment. But first, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's not a big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Okay, now this game is extremely random <laughs> because a couple weeks ago, I was watching TV and it was one of those days, I don't know if anyone else experiences this, we have 8 billion channels and there are some days where you can't find anything to watch or it's like stuff that you've watched 50 billion times. And in this case, it was stuff that I've watched 50 billion times, but fun stuff that I've watched 50 billion times as in movies that I've watched 15 billion times or 50 billion times. Animal House was on, Saturday Night Fever was on. Oh, what was the third one? There was a third movie that was on. I couldn't believe the run of movies that, was, that were on that day. And then Teen Wolf was on. Now, if you grew up in the 80s, you have an appreciation for this movie. It's really not the best movie in the world, but you know, there are some funny moments in it and I thought it would be cool to look at a game or a Yankee game, from the day that Teen Wolf was released, August 23rd, 1985, three days before my 11th birthday, by the way. Now, I never saw Teen Wolf in the theater. I saw Back to the Future twice in the theater, but I never saw Teen Wolf in the theater. I didn't see Teen Wolf until it went on HBO, like early 86. So just so you know. But then I ended up watching it about 5 billion times. So, game took place in the kingdom. Attendance was only 18,821. The Yankees were 71 and 49 at this time because the Yankees were good in 85. And if a wild card existed, they probably would have made the playoffs. <laughs> that could have been Dom Mattingly's first year. And Seattle was 57 and 65. So, they weren't that great. Yankees are on the road. We'll go through their lineup first. Ricky Henderson, Dom Mattingly, Dave Winfield, Ken Griffey. Dan Pasqua, oh my god, Willie Randolph, Mike Pagliarulo, Butch Weiniger, Bobby Meacham, and your starting pitcher was Phil Negro. The 85 Yankees were amazing. The Mariners, Jack Perconti, Phil Bradley, Alvin Davis, Ken Phelps, Al Cowens, Jim Presley, Dave Henderson, Bob Kearney, Spike Owen, future Yankee, starting pitcher Bill Swift, 
This is so funny. <laughs> Umpires. Do I know any of them? Yes. Home plate. Nick Bremigan. First base, Dan Morrison. Second base, Jim Evans. Third base, Ted Hendry. The time of the game was only 2.40. So it was a nice, quick, swift game. <laughs> so there's nothing doing scoring-wise until the top of the fourth. Ricky Henderson walked. Don Mattingly grounded out to second, but Ricky was able to advance to second. Dave Winfield hit a single that scored Ricky. Bottom of the fourth. Spike Owen ties the game on a single that scores Jim Presley. Top of the fifth. Mike Pallirulo hits a solo shot to put the Yankees up 2-1. And that's, let's see. Oh, no, that's not how it would stay. The Yankees added a run. It was 3-1, right? Top of, the, top of the ninth inning, Dave Winfield hits a home run off Bill Swift. And then Ed Vanderberg came in to replace Bill Swift. And Neil Allen closed out the game for the Yankees. Not too many pitching changes in this game, unlike the first game. It was similar to, yeah, there were only two pitchers for each team. Phil Negro, Neil Allen, Bill Swift, and Ed Vanderberg. Phil Negro was 12-9. and nine. He lasted six innings, gave up one run on five hits, walked five, struck out five, because that's how Phil Negro pitched. His ERA was 423 at that point. Bill Swift lasted eight and two-third innings, gave up all three runs, walked four, struck out two, gave up five hits, and gave up the two home runs. Negro did throw a wild pitch. Bill Swift hit Pasqua, Pasqua with a pitch. There were no intentional walks, no pickoffs. It's funny. It says the uh, field condition and weather is unknown. It's the kingdom. It was very warm in the kingdom. Very warm and comfortable. They didn't need to know about the weather because it was a dome. <laughs> so the Yankees won on the day that Teen Wolf was released. I think it could be fun to look back at dates when certain things came out and see how the Yankees did, obviously, between April and October. Or, you know, depending on how late in the season the Yankees lasted. I think that could be a lot of fun. I think so. Now, two exciting things for the new year. I have a new theme song. I will debut it next week. Very happy because I've had the same theme song for nearly two years. I figured, hey, why not switch it up for 2023? And a friend sent me baseball cards. And I'm thinking for YouTube because it'll be difficult for me to describe things. So I think I'm going to do a YouTube only bonus show in which I talk about these very interesting baseball cards that my friend sent me. Some Yankee stuff, some really old players, some very random players, and a card that belongs to a Hall of Famer that has a mistake on it. They printed it with a mistake, and we'll, we'll look at that. So let me know if you think I should do the, I, I'm thinking about doing that bonus show tomorrow. I might do a regular show and a bonus YouTube show with these cards because I think it could be a lot of fun to look at these. So let me know what you think about that. Or shall I do it live? And you guys can chat with me about the cards that I look through in this pile. We'll see. 
But yeah, New Year's coming. Um, opening day is only, what, 91 days away, 90 days away? That's really not far. Yay, we're getting closer and closer. And, uh, you know, hopefully the Yankees aren't done with uh, making moves. I don't think they are. I don't think they are. You never know. Something might happen right before spring training. Something might happen during spring training. We'll see. So yeah, 2023 is right around the corner. Big things are coming. Should be exciting. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen to us on every podcasting platform available. I said that very strange. I don't know why. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button and comment on YouTube. And then click the bell so you know when our videos go live. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen today. Now make Locked On Sports Today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. The Locked On Sports Today podcast, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Enjoy your Thursday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.